NPR. This is the Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. I'm Waylon Wong, and it is Jobs Friday. It is. The numbers for April are out today, and the economy added 253,000 jobs. That's quite a bit more than economists were expecting. The unemployment rate basically stayed the same at 3.4 percent, and wage growth is still looking steady. Average hourly earnings are up 4.4 percent from a year ago. And that got us thinking about the power struggle between employers and workers. Because that's what we're seeing in these numbers, this push and pull between workers and employers. You've got workers pushing for higher wages or better conditions on the job. And employers, well, they have their own priorities. And that often means not raising wages as quickly as workers would like. We've seen a lot of these power dynamics play out during the pandemic. Today on the show, we meet an economist who came up with a new way to measure who has more power, the worker or the employer. That's right, the birth of a new indicator. It's called the labor leverage ratio. After the break, we'll get into how this number is calculated and what it's telling us about who's really the boss in today's labor market. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Babson College. The world needs entrepreneurial leaders, and you can become one at Babson College. Gain the skills to lead, motivate, and inspire through a specialized master's or MBA program with full-time, part-time, and online options. Turn ideas into action with a graduate program that caters to your professional needs and fits your lifestyle. Ranked number one in entrepreneurship by U.S. News and World Report. Apply now at babson.edu slash gradprograms. This message comes from NPR sponsor Yahoo Finance. Think you've done it all when it comes to your financial future? Take those investments to the next level with Yahoo Finance. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. Aaron Sojourner has spent a lot of his career in labor. Early on, he worked as a labor organizer. He's also worked at the White House as a member of President Obama's and President Trump's Council of Economic Advisers. Today, Aaron is a labor economist at the W.E. Upjohn Institute for Employment Research, a nonpartisan organization that focuses on labor policy. And through all his years of studying the job market, there's something that has nagged at him. We don't spend a lot of time focused on the distinction between workers who are fired and workers who quit. In other words, it's common to see both of these scenarios, people getting fired, people quitting, lumped together into one category. But the situations that lead to either a worker quitting or getting laid off can be really different, especially when it comes to who has better options, the worker or the employer. Workers quitting their jobs is a signal that they feel like they have a lot of options out in the labor market, maybe getting good competing offers from other employers. So that's a measure of like workers feel strong. And then there are the employers. They lay off or fire workers when they feel like there are better candidates out there, or maybe they'd rather not have anyone in that position. When employers start feeling like, oh, I have a better option than the people I have employed right now, that's a sign that employers are feeling strong. 
So picture two groups of workers on either side of a dividing line. On one side, you've got all the workers in the labour market who voluntarily left their jobs in the last month. On the other side, you've got all the workers who were laid off or fired. These groups are the two parts of what Aaron has dubbed the labor leverage ratio. It is a ratio of quits to layoffs and firings. These are existing indicators collected by the Bureau of Labor Statistics that Aaron put together in a novel way. When there are more workers quitting than being let go, the labor leverage ratio goes up. And that signals that workers have the upper hand. They can push for higher wages or better conditions at their jobs. But when there's more layoffs and firings than quitting, the labor leverage ratio goes down. And that means employers have more power. They can keep wages the same or be stricter with their workers. The labor leverage ratio, it's meant to capture who's got the power in the relationship and who's got better outside options, who's, you know, more in the driver's seat. And when we talked to Aaron this week, the BLS had just released their March numbers. So he was able to calculate the most up-to-date labor leverage ratio. It's 2.1 in March. So that means 2.1 workers quit their job in March for every worker that was fired. Aaron says that 2.1 number for March is pretty close to what it was pre-pandemic. And it's come down from the all-time high of 3.3 that it reached in April of 2022. If we think back to that time, that's when people were getting a lot of competing offers and they could be choosy about their employer. Like a barista could quit their job at one coffee shop for a job at a different cafe in town for more pay or better hours. Would you call that a boss move? If I was 14, yes. Um, (laughs) And Aaron is not 14 and he's an economist, so he calls it, I don't know, maximizing the advantages of a high labor leverage ratio environment. Anyway, he came up with the labor leverage ratio term in 2021. And he introduced the term not in a research paper or at an academic conference, but on Twitter. I posted about it on Twitter and nobody has said, no, no, we have been following this thing by another name. Um, It is related to concepts that are in the economics literature for sure. So it's not a revolutionary thing. It's it's just like a little bit of a different twist on representation of a a lot of information and concepts that others have worked with. So modest. So modest. He's so low-key about this. If I came up with a new indicator, honestly, I would never shut up about it. (laughs) I'd be tweeting at the Nobel Committee day and night. I don't know. Maybe getting to talk about your economic indicator on a show called The Indicator is the next best thing. Economics' biggest honor. I think so. And there is so much to dig into with the labor leverage ratio. Like when you drill down by industry, the ratios for retail, accommodations, and food service are still 50% higher than their pre-pandemic levels. The workers have much more power than they used to. In March, the number for the food service and accommodation sectors was around four. And so that's four workers quitting for everyone getting fired or laid off. And Aaron says this power is likely to show up in wages. In fact, Aaron says the higher labor leverage ratios for industries like retail and food service line up with other economic research. That data shows that low-wage workers saw much faster wage growth during the pandemic recovery period than other workers did. But we also know that the pandemic disrupted workers' lives in ways that seemed to diminish their power. A lot of people had to drop out of the labor force because they got sick or had caregiving responsibilities. How do you account for quits that are not for, I have better options, but I have other 
constraints on my life that are forcing me to quit. So maybe they wanted to stay in that job. Um, they really needed to stay in that job, but they simply couldn't. Is there any way to like tease out those stories in this number? There's not uh, a great way to do it within this number. You know, what I'll say is that when employers are desperate, they are not that quick to fire somebody who's late or somebody who misses a shift. But when they have a lot of people searching for jobs, they'll fire you right away. So I think it shows up in the firing rate more than in the quit rate. During the pandemic, firings and layoffs hit record lows, suggesting that workers still had the advantage. But Aaron does acknowledge that these broad measures of quits and firings miss some subtleties. Another example is demographics. The BLS doesn't collect that kind of data on workers in its employer survey. That means there isn't a way to see how the labor leverage ratio compares by race or age or education or geography. So no single indicator is going to tell the full story of the labor market. And Aaron also points out that ultimately, this balance of power between workers and employers is tightly linked with economic policy. For example, as the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates to cool the economy and bring down inflation, businesses are belt tightening. That means less wage growth and more layoffs. On the other hand, Aaron says that major legislation like the Infrastructure Bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, and the CHIPS Act could boost demand for workers, and especially ones without four-year college degrees. Aaron says that this could be an important break for those workers, whose participation in the labor market has declined for decades. So I think a lot of these new investments that the federal government's making have built some power for workers in a place that they haven't had it in a long time. And now we have the indicator to measure that power. It's nice to have a new indicator to play with, isn't it, Darian? Let's play the Jobs Friday air horn one more time to bring in this new indicator. Yay, bonus air horn! This episode was produced by Brittany Cronin with engineering from Robert Rodriguez. It was fact-checked by Sarah Juarez. Viet Lay is our senior producer, Kate Cannon edits the show, and the indicator is a production of NPR. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. On It's Been a Minute, we're keeping you in the know when it comes to culture. I break down the latest trends and the forces behind them and introduce you to the creatives who think deeply about how we live today. Come for some good old cultural analysis and have a few laughs with me. Listen to the It's Been a Minute podcast from NPR. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at LifeKit, We want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday, even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR.